Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. Couples are always looking for ways to keep their relationship alive and thriving. And I've always maintained that regular small behaviors are a much more effective way of keeping your relationship on track than try to do something big once it's in trouble. And so today, my guest, Dr. Aaron Leba, a licensed clinical social worker, is going to introduce you to one of the easiest and most effective things you can do to keep your marriage healthy and happy. So Dr. Dr. Leba, Aaron, thank you so much for being on the show and talking about something that I think can make a huge difference for a lot of relationships. Yeah, thank you for having me. So you wrote a piece that appeared on the Psychology Today website entitled, If Your Partner's in Bed, You Should Be Too. Now, <laughs> I love the title of this. And, you know, it seems like this is a common sense idea. So why isn't it? Yeah, I think, I think that's a great question. It seems like an easy thing to do and, and a very common sense thing to do, but I think a lot of couples really struggle with this. Um, I think one of the reasons is that it seems like such a, like a baby step, like a little insignificant thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you're, if you're up at night and maybe one of you is surfing the web or watching TV or, you know, doing extra, doing extra chores or things like that, that it doesn't seem like a big deal to go to bed at different times, but it's one of those baby steps that kind of drifts your, your relationship away from each other. So um, I think one of the main reasons is technology with the invention of the smartphone and, you know, stream, streaming of any TV show you could ever want and, you know, online shopping. Um, I think we all kind of struggle with that addiction to, to phones or to technology, and I think, you know, that's one of the big reasons why people don't have that time together at the end of the night. Well, and it's really interesting because we like to think of technology being our friend and making our lives easier. But I I remember many years ago, and and I'm going to date myself here because this was in the days of not VCRs, Actually, it may have been VCRs. It may have been actually before DVRs. And so I'm really dating myself here. And I really, all the television shows that I liked to watch were on at 10 o'clock at night. And my husband usually headed to bed right around 10 o'clock at night. And so I'd still be up watching these shows until all of a sudden it was like, you know, slap upside the head. I can record these shows and watch them whenever I want to and go to bed at the same time as my husband. Um, It's like, wow, novel concept, but it actually took me a little while to go, oh, and now, I mean, it's like you said, now we don't even have to record the shows. You go on Netflix, Amazon, whatever, and we can watch them whenever we want, but somehow we still seem to have this difficulty. Yes. Yeah, and I think people don't realize, too, they just think, oh, we're going to bed at different times, no big deal, but it actually is a gateway to so many other things that are the glue of relationships. It's the gateway to be intimate with each other, to having serious conversations, the cuddling, like that releases that oxytocin at night. Mm -hmm. Um, Even there's research that says people who go to bed at the same time 
um, it, it opens up space for them to disclose the more positive feelings they have for each other, whereas they wouldn't necessarily do that through everyday life, you know, during the day. They, they tend to do that more at night when they're close and kind of it's just the two of them. Maybe the kids are in bed or, you know, the chores are done and things like that. They can kind of focus on each other. Right, and it's really important because it's, you know, as I frequently say with my couples, because that, that usually is one of the questions I ask them is, you know, what's your nighttime routine? And basically going, okay, do you go to bed together at the same time? Because it's really hard to have sex if you're in two different places. So, I mean, and, and while that's not the only benefit to going to bed at the same time, it actually does allow that to happen. <laughs> Which is, you know, for a lot of couples, a way of not just the physical connection, but also the emotional connection that, that comes along with that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and so it's, it's always a question of, well, how is, your, how is your intimacy? What's going on? And, you know, when people say, well, you know, we don't go to bed at the same time, then it can, you know, it, it can really create a, a challenge for that aspect of that relationship. And so, you know, while we're talking about it, it's like you, you were talking about some of the relation, relationship benefits, boy, I can't talk today, of going to bed together. And it is more than just being able to have physical intimacy, but you also mentioned something about the emotional intimacy. So can you talk a little bit more about that? I'm sure that there that um I think people are just so busy all all through the day, you know, especially um people who are working multiple jobs or they're working and going to school at the same time whatever whatever is making their lives kind of busy, chaotic, stressful mm-hmm. um and it it is those those small steps, so this is a small step that people can do to kind of create some space for the more emotional conversations that can happen, not just like, did you get paper towels at the store <laughs> or when's the cable guy coming or things like that, but the more, the deeper things that, you know, people's real feelings that, um, you know, John Gottman talks about the importance of a stress-reducing conversation where people can kind of talk through their day, the stressful things that happen to them and get that support from each other. Or maybe you're talking about the more positive things, the little wins that you had that day, whether it's, you know, at work that you, you know, sold some thing at your job or you you know with your kids if maybe they made you know a neat step in being kind to another kid or um, reaching a developmental milestone so it's kind of like sharing both the difficult things and getting support from your partner and then sharing the positive things and kind of celebrating those with your partner and taking that moment to be grateful together I think all those just really bond you know and build that emotional connection that also, like you said, leads to a physical connection as well. Right, and, and in the article you actually um, pointed out and mentioned uh, some, some research about the people who actually touch each other <laughs> during the night um, actually end up having a closer relationship. And, you know, I think about it because... You know, many people have king-size beds, and it's kind of like, you know, when my husband and I go stay in a hotel and it's a king-size bed, it's like, where are you? You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know my, my, husband, my husband will go, it's like, well, where are you? I said, well, I'm on the side of the bed that I always sleep on, but, like, there's this massive gulf between us. 
because neither one of us are particularly, I mean, we're, you know, we're average-sized people. So, I mean, I understand why some people like that space, but, but you, there is something about being able to reach out in the night. Because I'll do this on occasion. I'll wake up in the night, and when I come back to bed, I kind of just, oh, there's my husband. He's there. <laughs> he didn't disappear on me in the middle of the night. So what is, what is that about? What is that ability, what is that physical touch in the, in the night or that physical connection with our partners? What does that do? Yeah, and I, I thought this was interesting in researching this article. It said, um, you know, I found research that said that couples who slept less than an inch apart were, were more likely to be content with their relationship than those maintaining a gap wider than 30 inches. And 30 inches was that magic number where, like you said, there's a huge gulf between you and a king-size bed, and you might sleep really well, but you're missing out on, again, those, neuro, those neurochemicals of oxytocin being re, you know, released from, from cuddling. And I, it's funny, after I wrote this article, I had a lot of people comment, well, I sleep way better. I don't have to sleep next to my partner. I don't have to go to the bed at the same time or maybe mm-hmm. one person's, you you know, working, working the night shift. And I absolutely understand that. And this, I think what this research points to is just kind of the need for couples to take, you know, be really um, intentional about how they're coming together every day. Like you said, the small steps every day, rather than a grand gesture of a weekend getaway, you know, that this, these kind of building blocks. And, you know, if you keep nurturing your relationship through, maybe three times a week trying to go to bed at the same time and realizing the importance of that, you know, that it makes space to be intimate, that it gives you that chance to talk at a deeper level or it, it, the importance of kind of cuddling all throughout the week. If you're kind of looking at those things in the big picture, maybe your cuddling's in the morning because one of you works the night shift or something like that, you know, right. whatever, whatever flexibility you need to have, it's, it's kind of that bigger picture of coming together through, you know, on a consistent basis. Well, yeah, and, and I realize, and, and this is sometimes, you know, because I have clients that, you know, that are firemen, and so they work like 24-hour shifts, or I have, you know, some clients who are nurses who, you know, they're frequently on a 12-hour shift, and, you know, so there are sometimes you, the type of job somebody has will impact whether or not, you know, how they do this, and, it, and the worst part is when I see, when I have couples who's, you know, somebody works the day shift and somebody works the night shift, so I mean, it really is a challenge for them just to even be in the same place at the same time, and of course, those, those are real challenges for people, but in most cases, those are the exceptions, you know, um, and one of the things that I run into a lot is, well, I'm not tired. And it's really funny because when I first, my husband and I first got together, he was, you know, he he naturally slept late. That was just his natural rhythm. And, you know, I, I'm an early bird, you know, and I actually had to get up and go to work. And so I would get up at 6 o'clock in the morning. And so he actually, over the years, has changed his um, habits and, and my son's exactly the same way as my husband. He like you know he left to his own devices. He'd sleep till like eleven, twelve o'clock, at, <laughs> you know, in the morning, and then get up and start his day. But of course, he's now in the working world, and he has to be at work at seven o'clock. So you know he's trained himself to do that. So this idea that well, I'm a night owl, and this is just what I do. It's like they can you know, people can actually readjust their schedules. If they want to, can't they? 
Yeah, and I th- I think it, again it's that commitment to the to the relationship. And I'm like you, I'm a couples counselor, and um and I've seen this become a big issue for couples uh, over time if they don't attend to it and and they just they don't end up sleeping together then they stop having the conversation and you know it's because but I think it's like anything else if you can kind of compromise and make it a priority you know to to nurture a relationship then you can actually shift those patterns too. Well and I think that's an important factor in you know that it it isn't I have to do this, or which I always like, okay, um, but it's how do I make this that I want to do this, that this is something that's beneficial for the relationship, and, you know, it's not necessarily saying I have to completely upend everything that I do, because a lot of times what I will tell my clients is like, okay, maybe you're not tired, but if you get ready for bed, and you get into bed, and you and, and you're with your partner, and then you find out that you're not tired, once your partner goes to sleep, fine, get up, <laughs> you know, and do something until you are tired. But, but I think what people don't realize is that we can train our bodies to do certain things. Now, obviously, we can't completely upend that, but... You know, we like I said. You know, my husband completely retrained himself, and my son's in the process of doing it because their work requires that. And so it's kind of like, can we put the same priority on our marriage that we put on our profession? So this is happily ever after is just the beginning on WebTalkRadio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries, and I'm discussing a really simple action that can help your marriage with clinical social worker Dr. Erin Leba. And if you and your partner seem like ships passing in the night, maybe literally, and you want to find ways to reconnect, I invite you to contact me and sign up for your free, no obligation, create your happily ever after strategy session. You can reach me at Leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S, coaching, N as in Nancy, C as in Charlie.com. Or you can call me at area code 919-924-0463. And again, that's 919-924-0463. So, Erin, we've been talking about the positive aspects of going to bed together, but what is what are some of the negative aspects of not doing this on your on a relationship? Yeah, I think um, again, it's just it's really that silent drift apart that happens when you don't do things like this um, in your relationship. And you know, um, there's research that says about three and a half years into a relationship, um, couples stop going to bed at the same time and. And, but it's about 10 to 12 years into relationship that they actually, most couples get, you know, break up because of uh, a silent drift apart. apart. Right. Like at around three years into relationship, they break up because of conflict or fighting, um, you know, that they're, they're yelling all the time or they just can't get along. But about 10 or 12 years into it, then they, they just drift apart. And I think that can also happen later in a relationship. So I think that's that's the main the main takeaway is that it's it's very silent it's like these little subtle steps, you know, that dry you 
farther and farther apart where you're either unhappy with that or you're just kind of living with a relationship that could be a lot deeper. Well, and it's and it's really interesting the kinds of things, and I'm sure you hear all kinds of things because I hear all kinds of things, and, you know, one of the things that I hear a lot is one, and it's unfortunately usually the mom, but not always, um, one parent ends up sleeping with one of the kids because the kid has a because the child has a hard time falling asleep so you know it's so the parent is in that room and then they fall asleep and then and then they never get back into the into the marriage bed um, or kids will crawl into the bed with them which sometimes that's not necessarily a problem but if the kids always there that in, influences intimacy and so have you found that that having children, because again, you're you're talking about that three and a half years in the drift starts, and that's usually about the time when the first kid shows up on the scene. <laughs> so, has that been did, did, in your research? Did you find that being an influence at all in in the beginning of these habits? Yeah, I, I think that's a huge influence. Um, you know that, that everything changes with. with the kids, whether it's, you know, a parent falling asleep with them or, or maybe one parent's been with the kids all day and they just need some time to themselves at the other end of the night, whereas another one might be exhausted and want to go to bed, you know, and I think um, it's hard to maintain these, this idea at the forefront of your attention when you've got all these other stressors going on. It's hard to think, you know, why should I make this such a priority? And again, I, I think it's realizing that there's these components to going to bed at the same time, whether it's cuddling, you know, sex, um, emotional connection, um, talking, deep conversations, and just um, expressing gratitude for each other, you know, pointing out positive things or Mm -hmm. just talking about your day with each other and how important those are in the long term. Um, Just really reminding yourself of that when, you know, life is just really chaotic. Right. And, and, be going when people are in bed and getting ready to go to sleep there is you know there is a natural tendency to kind of slow down and you know these connections being able to talk and share at that level is important and it can really happen at any time during the day but this seems to be a much more natural, easier way to do it because you cannot be distracted. That's, I think, one of the big things that keeps couples from connecting during the day is because I call it the squeaky wheel syndrome, that whatever mm-hmm. else is yelling at me is more important, whether it's a child, whether it's you know um, something that I've got to do at work, you know, and but at nighttime we can, or at bedtime we can kind of slow down and kind of step away from those squeaky wheels because hopefully the kids are already in bed and we've shut down, you know, our work for the night or you know what whatever it is. And it seems like that that would be an easier time than trying to do it sometime in the hecticness of what seems to be everybody's daily life. 
Right, right. And I think, you know, what you said about it, there's a sense of calm at nighttime that there might not be during the day, especially if you have kids. Um, you know, a sense of calm and kind of reflective, more reflective and maybe less um, potential to kind of snap at each other or just, mm-hmm. you know, be not mindful about how you're talking to each other. Whereas at the end of the night, there's there's that space to kind of be be more you know, have deeper conversations or more calm or more, um, you know, reflective. Right. And, and I need to point out because there's, there's an adage which drives me crazy about don't go to bed angry. This is mm-hmm. not the time to rehash <laughs> problems or challenges. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, that's not a good idea. But it really is the time to find out what happened in your partner's day or where, or where they are or you know, maybe they've had a rough day, because sometimes my husband and I will do this, and, you know, he'll be sharing with me, and, you know, I'm really wanting to talk with him, and he just goes, okay, I need to stop talking about this right now, because, you know, all I'm doing is kind of stirring the pot right before he's trying to go to bed, and I, that's not my intent, because I really do want to know, but so those kinds of conversations really kind of need not to be at the end of the day, but really what you were talking about, about, you know, when we can be show gratitude to our partners and kind of talk about the more positive things that are happening to us because I think that also puts us into a better mindset to sleep well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true, to get a deeper sleep. Yeah. So what are some, if couples aren't doing this right now, what are some practical steps that they can take <laughs> to make this happen, to, to actually reset their schedules so they, they can do this? Yeah, I think, I think some of the practical steps, you know, um, in the power of habit, Charles Duhigg suggests that, you know, starting a new habit on vacation. So I think that's an interesting one. If, interesting. If, if they're not doing that at all, that sometimes it's easier to, to start something new while you're, you're not in your usual space and then try to keep it going once you get home. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another thing couples could do is, is keep their phones out of the bedroom. I think, you know, oh, it doesn't yeah. really matter if you're going to bed at the same time if you're both just reading, reading your phones side by side and looking through Facebook or social media or, what, you know, the news or whatever. So I think that's another very practical thing is just to say let's leave them on the chargers downstairs and let's have this time for ourselves Uh you know and we're done scrolling kind of um right yeah well i mean because i agree because you know people will tell me and i've had i've heard this before well my phone is my alarm clock i said go to target walmart your local pharmacy, I don't care. Go buy one of those things that plugs into the wall that's, an, that's a real alarm clock. Do not use your phones because one of the other things is that, especially if they're not turned off, um, you, you can, you can, our brains are, are wired to pay attention to noises. And so it's like if you get if your phone buzzes in the night because either somebody texts you or you get you know, one of those random emails, it's like it's going to disrupt your sleep. Um, Plus the fact, yeah, get it out of the get it out of the bedroom, uh, because if you're on your phone, you're not paying attention to your partner. Same thing with computers or tablets, unless you're using your tablet to read, and also televisions. It's like <laughs> mm-hmm. get them out of your bedroom. <laughs> right, right. Um, and um, and and I think another habit would be um, just 
a practical step would be to kind of cue yourself to go to bed, like, you know, set an alarm for 9.15 or something like that, and that reminds you, okay, remember this, go to bed, because it's going to help, help your relationship so much, you know, if both of you do. And I think it's important for couples to discuss they're, um, you know, trying to do this with each other because if it's just one person trying to do it and always matching to the other person without that discussion, mm-hmm. then they could, you know, feel resentful and feel like, wait, I'm always going to bed early. I wish I could stay up later, you know, and to really talk it out and see how, how can we do this so it works for both of us. Right, and that's the critical component to any decision that's made in a marriage um, is to have a conversation about it and reach real agreement, not one person saying that they agree, but they don't really agree, and then they get resentful, like you said, because, well, I'm always the one who's having to go to bed early, and it, it really is talking about what works and you know and it it really is about prioritizing things because i know that people go well i just need to do another load of laundry or i just you know or i need to do you know one more email Mm -hmm. or whatever it might be and what happens is is that's telling my partner that our relationship isn't a priority Mm -hmm. and that is part of what happens i think in people growing apart and the and the drift that can happen if we're not I don't like to use the word vigilant because that makes it sound awful but but really we have to pay attention to this because mm-hmm. it's the little things you know, like I said when if we do the little things consistently then we're going to stay on on track but if we you know i i I liken it to getting getting into a boat and sailing you know across the ocean and you you need to pay attention to the course because if you only get a little bit off course oh i can get back on but if i'm not paying attention you know i'm heading to england and suddenly i'm on the coast of africa and something went really wrong (laughs) because i wasn't paying attention Mm mm-hmm um, right, and I think that the the other side's true too. That there's a ripple effect. That if you do pay attention and you do try to go to bed at least a few nights a week together, that um, you know, there's even research that shows that women see the next day's interactions more positively. The entire next day, they'll look, you know, more positively on anything that happens between them and their partner, just because they got that connection. I think, yeah. Wow, that's. Can you say that again? Because I think that's really important. Yeah, that um, there's research that shows that if that women see the next day's interaction more positively with their partner, if they've gone to bed at the same time as their partner the previous night, they they look on you know whatever conflicts or positive things. Everything looks. It's almost like rose-colored glasses the next day because they've already, their cup's been filled by that, you know, that connection, and they are in a more positive place, so then they see everything in a more positive way the next day. So in just, just out of curiosity, in that study, and I don't know if they talked about it, did they talk about who was the person who wasn't going to bed? I mean, so was it that the men, the husbands that were staying up, or did it just not matter who was not going to bed with the other person at the same time. Um, I'm not sure if it. I'm yeah. I'm not sure about that. But okay. um, but it was because, yeah. Because I mean, it's 
and, and that may be that may be just kind of an aha for both partners to go, okay, I don't really have to do that extra load of laundry or you know, whatever whoever is staying up later. It's like, okay, this can really make a huge difference in the perceived sat- relationship satisfaction for the for the woman. Mm-hmm. Which I right. think is is really incredible. Um, and one of the things you also pointed out, which I think makes a difference, is maybe you don't have to go to bed together seven seven nights a week, but you know, but three four would probably be a good place to to really focus on. Um, exactly. Mm-hmm. It, you know, and so it's not about like anything else. It's not about perfection, but it's about consistency in in and in intention. Mm-hmm. So I think this is great information. And again, this is like, guys, this is a small step. This isn't, you know, I mean, what what is so amazing is that the research shows that just as doing this one little thing can make a huge difference. So, you know, pay attention, guys. <laughs> so, Erin, where can people find out some more information that you, you know, because you, you do this research, you, you look into, because people say, oh, you know, relationships are easy and natural and there's nothing for us to learn, and there's a whole slew of people actually researching this stuff that somehow it never <laughs> sees the light of day, which is why I do this show. Um, so where can they get some more information from you about what you've learned um, that will really help their relationships? Yeah, thank you. Actually, this, this idea in this article is an excerpt from my book. Um, it's called Joy Fixes for Weary Parents, and it's 101 short research-based chapters. Each chapter is about a page and a half long, and they're just really simple things that research shows that can really help your relationship with your partner, mm-hmm. but also help kind of your your stress level as you have young kids at home. Um, right, because that's very stressful. So yeah, where, can yeah. they, where can they find you? Where can they find the book? Yeah, my website is www.erinleyba.com, erinleyba.com, and my book is available, Joy Fixes for Weary Parents, is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and IndieBound. I, I love that because that's a lot, I mean, research has shown that marital satisfaction takes a hit when children show up on the scene, which mm-hmm. makes sense for any of us who've had children because it's like, yeah, they, 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 these little beings come with a lot of requirements, but, nobody, but not any extra hours in the day. So, you know, that's really the time to pay, to pay close attention. So I love the fact that you've got a book that is kind of like, okay, here's, here's how to do this. Um, and not lose, not, don't lose your mind and don't lose your marriage. Um, because in reality, there are many things a couple can and maybe should do to keep their connection through the years. And one, as we talked about today, one of the easiest is to go to bed together. And even if you don't have sex, you're increasing your intimacy. And this is a critically important factor in keeping your love alive and not drifting apart and becoming like roommates and just no longer having anything in common and not feeling connected. So this is a one fix 
And hopefully you guys will implement that if you're not doing it already. And hopefully another fix is to keep listening to this show. And so until next week, stay loving. Stay loving.